Our scripture reading today is Psalm 131, and it's one of my favorites. And I am just so privileged to be able to reflect on that with you this morning. Hear these words now from God's Word, the Bible. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, how tempting it is to get wrapped up in worry. I mean, there's the car to have serviced, the house to renovate, the lawn to mow, the weeds to pull. There are the meals to plan, the groceries to buy, the food to cook, the mess to clean. There's the job to do, the job change to get used to, or the same old, same old to grin and bear. There's the boss to impress, the employee to manage, the colleague to deal with yet again. There are the good relationships to maintain, the bad relationships to figure out, the lack of relationship to grieve. There's that friend to call, that friend to confront, that friend to apologize to. There's the hurting child to comfort, the happy child to celebrate, the different child to support, and the wayward child to pray for. There's the aging parent to drive around, the aging friend to find time for, and the aging self to cope with. And I could go on and on. And I will, because there's also that meeting to attend, that application to submit, those thank you cards to write, those errands to run, that book to read, that tournament to play, that trip to make, the memory to bury, the pain to forget, the decision to make, the tuition to pay, the degree to finish, the church to build, the neighborhood to keep safe, the doctor's recommendations to comply with, and of course, those devotions I've just got to do. Now, I imagine that if suddenly this church lawn was filled with the people of ancient Israel instead of us here today, they would be nodding their heads in agreement, also knowing what it's like to have reasons to get wrapped up in worry. I mean, for them too, there were the families to start, the families to keep together, the mouths to to feed, the friends to make. There were the houses to build, the businesses to keep up, the communities to maintain. There was the bread to bake, the rugs to beat, the crops to grow, the money to make. And I could go on and on. And I will, because there was the drought to fight, the sickness to avoid, the marriage to save, the taxes to give, the debts to pay, the temple to visit, the loved one to bury, and of course that enemy posed for war not far away to deal with again and again. But in the midst of all the things, in the midst of all the things to worry about and all the things to wrap their lives up in, the people of ancient Israel had a little tiny song. I think it's like three or four verses that we read together. 
a little tiny song that they sang in worship that reminded them that, that for children of God, life can be lived in a different sort of way, not the way of worry, but the way of trust, the way of the stilled and quieted soul. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. So how is your soul anyway? How is your soul? You know, that part of you that gets tight when you're sad, that shakes when you're afraid, or that aches when you are overcome with love or beauty. This psalm uses the language of the soul, and it invites us to go there too. So how is your soul? It's a critically important question for Christians to ask themselves and each other. Although our faith, Christianity, is a full-bodied way of life that involves how we speak and how we eat and how we relate to each other and what we worship and what we do with our money and what we do with our time, all of that has its origin in a heart, in a soul that has been changed by the grace of God. It's at the level of the soul that God speaks to us of his love and salvation. It's at the level of the soul that we respond to him in faith. It's at the level of the soul that God then convicts us, empowers us, changes us, comforts us, and guides us. It's at the level of the soul that we pray our prayers of joy and anger and sadness and thanks and fear and praise as we live out our lives with him. So how is your soul? That is what's being described in this psalm, someone's soul. And like I said before, it's a soul that instead of being wrapped up in worry, is somehow able to trust rather than being clenched with stress, is still and quiet. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my soul. I want a soul like that. Can I just be 100% honest? I hear those words and I am like pierced with longing. I want a soul like that. I want a soul that feels peace like that. I want a soul that is able to be still and quiet like that. So what does it take? How do we get there? How might I get there? How might you get there? If you feel that same longing too. Well, one essential aspect to having a still and quiet soul is deep 
humility. The first line is this. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. The person writing this psalm knows that regardless of the jobs they have to do or the responsibilities that they bear or how adult-like they have to be each minute of each day, fundamentally, they are one who is dependent. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. They know they're a creature, not the creator. They know they are a child, not the divine parent. They know they are a limited, mortal human being, not almighty, everlasting God. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. There is no arrogance here or stubborn independence. They aren't overreaching or overstepping or taking on stuff that isn't theirs to take on. They aren't grabbing or forcing or making things happen that aren't theirs to make happen. This person has the right view of themselves right off the bat as someone who is dependent on God. And that's called humility. It took me a long time to figure this out. But the root of worry is usually pride. It can be very hard to identify that. It's not always obvious, and I think that's because most people confuse pride with overconfidence. But pride is not overconfidence. Pride can cause overconfidence, but overconfidence is just one of many ways that pride can manifest itself. Pride is a wrong view of yourself. It's a view of yourself that conflates your responsibilities, your role, your God-given place. Often, what's underlying worry is this subtle but toxic belief that it's all up to you. Somewhere, somehow, you started believing that lie, that you have to keep yourself safe, that you have to keep yourself fed, that you have to secure your own future, that you've got to make it happen. It's all up to you. But make no mistake about it. Those are lies. And they are prideful because they indicate a view of self that actually gives you more power than you really have. It's not all up to you. You don't keep yourself safe. You don't feed yourself you don't secure your own future. These things are God's job, little one. They are God's job, little one. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me or beyond me, beyond my place. Hear the humility if you want a still and quiet soul, a first step for you may be to identify, confess, and oust the pride in Jesus' name. And then to do that again. And then to do that again. And then to make that a regular practice of your life with God. The other thing essential to having a still and quiet soul 
is trusting in God's provision for you. Do you know that God provides for you? Do you know that God will give you what you need? Do you know that you have his attention, his affection, his love? Like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me, the psalm says. This person not only has humility and knows their proper place as dependent on God, but they know that the God on whom they depend can be counted on to provide for them. Let's get clear for a minute. Let's lean into this image of the weaned child because it's kind of a specific thing. We're not talking about a newborn child. We're not talking about an infant who is nursing or who is breastfeeding. We're talking about a weaned child, a child who's a little bit older, a child who used to breastfeed but is just beyond that now, a weaned child. When I think about a weaned child compared to a nursing child, I think about Luke and Caleb, two little guys that I knew while I was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan for school years ago. Caleb was a child who was nursing. And I spent time with him and his family every Sunday evening because David and I were part of their small group through the church that we were attending. Caleb was nine months old at the time I'm thinking of, and he was very much like a smiley, happy, content baby. Unless, of course, he was hungry. The scene always unfolded the exact same way. Right around dinner, happy Caleb would start to fuss. Shortly after that, Erica, his mom, would scoop him up and find a free spot on the couch. Caleb would settle into her arms. Erica would lift her shirt. Caleb would feed and feed and feed. And he was so still. And he was so quiet. Why? Because he was being fed. For the nursing child, stillness and quietness are based on having a need met in a moment, having a hungry belly filled. In contrast to Caleb, Luke was a child who was weaned. So this is the child we're supposed to learn from today. Luke is Caleb's older brother, and at the time of our small group, he was four. He was busy and always into things, but he also really loved to just snuggle with his mom. And it happened often that when Caleb was done feeding, four-year-old Luke would make his way over to Erica. He would jump up onto the couch. He would climb into her lap, and he would settle himself into the exact same position that his baby brother had just been in. And there he'd stay for a few minutes, enjoying his mom's warm embrace. And just like Caleb, that four-year-old Luke would be so still there and so quiet there. Why? 
not because he was being fed, but because he had been fed. Not because his belly was being filled, but because his belly had been filled. For the weaned child, stillness and quietness are not based on having a need met right now, but on trust. Trust in the mother. Trust in the mother who had fed him. Trust in the mother who had proven herself to be faithful to provide in the months and years gone by. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. The Israelite person originally composing and then singing this song had stilled and quieted their soul because they had faith that the Lord God was their provider. The Psalms and other books of the Bible are packed with stories that they told and retold and told again in which God cared for them. Isaac was born to a hundred-year-old parents. Moses was kept safe in the reeds. The sea was opened. The pillar of fire lit the way. The manna rained down from the sky. The water gushed out of the rock. Israel knew their infant bellies had been filled, and they were able to, compelled to, respond by living lives with still and quiet souls, trusting in the God who they had learned could be counted on to provide. Friends, we are here today because we believe that just as God provided for Israel, so he provides for us. This provision has come to us on countless levels. There's the level of our salvation, the birth of Isaac, the calling of Moses, the sea opening, the pillar lighting, the manna falling, the water gushing. All of these things are things that God did not only for them, but for me and for you. God was shaping and preserving and claiming for himself a people through which salvation could come to all. And when God gave us Jesus when the time was right, he provided forgiveness. And then when God gave us the Holy Spirit, he provided us with his enduring presence and power. But there's also the level of provision that comes each day. That hug, which you so desperately needed. That email or phone call or conversation that came at the exact right time. That opportunity opening. That circumstance being arranged just right. That gift. That paycheck. That food being left on your doorstep. That song put on your heart. That breath put in your lungs. Fill in the blank with your own example. And if you can't think of one, this might be another important step in being able to have a still and quiet soul. Show me, God, where you have provided for me. Open my eyes to your loving care for me. 
Restore my faith that you have given me all that I truly need and that you will continue to do so no matter what. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Friends, we are children of God. Children of a God who can be counted on to provide. So, when faced with the final project to complete, the important meeting to run, the jobs to do, the wayward child to pray over, the aging parent to drive around, resist worry. Choose the way of the weaned child. Remember the one on whom you depend. Remember the one who provides for you. And when faced with the repairs, the relationships, the church, the school, the meals, the doctor, the drought, the rumors, the war, and even the tasks of daily obedience, resist worry. Choose the way of the weaned child. Take a moment to still and quiet your soul. Remember that you belong to a God who has shown himself to be worthy of your complete trust. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Let's pray. Gracious, present, loving Father, thank you for your word to us today. We put ourselves before you now, and we declare the truth. You are our God. We are your people. You are our Father. We are your children. You love us, provide for us, and will give us all we could ever need. Take your word, Father, plant it deep in us today, so that, your, so that through your precious spirit we may live out our lives as people able to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.